friends, we uh, hear in our, uh, this kind of refrain in both uh, first reading from Isaiah and then quoted in Matthew's Gospel uh, today, which is that the people that have walked in darkness have seen a great light. I was, when I sort of was reflecting on that refrain this week, and I, I thought about um, uh, me growing up to uh, the Marblehead Lighthouse. I, uh, some of you know I grew up in Marblehead, and I'm about three houses down from, my parents are about three houses down from the Marblehead Lighthouse. How many have been to the Marblehead Lighthouse? Yeah, it's nice. Very nice place. Um, and uh, I was thinking about uh, this past May, I went home to uh, uh, babysit my uh, little nephew for a few days, Teddy, and we would we take a lot of walks to the lighthouse, and he rides this little bike he has where there's no pedals. Have you seen these bikes? And they just scoot along the ground, you know? And so he was, he was scooting all over the place, and I was trying to keep up with him. And, but while I was walking, there's this memorial brick uh, pathway. Uh, that goes away from the lighthouse with memorial bricks of different things. And I happened to look down. i got to look it up here. Um, I happened to look down and see this brick. It says, The mission of the lighthouse is the same as ours, to share his light with the people who need it. Dale and Sue Bender, 40. Mission of the Lighthouse is the same as ours, to share his light with the people who need it. Now, I don't know who Dale and Sue Bender are, and I don't know what the 40 means. I don't know if it means 1940. I don't know if it was a memorial brick for their 40th anniversary. I don't know what it means, but I was drawn to it. And, of course, as a priest, you see something like that, you're like, yeah, I, this, there's a homily in here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> like, at some point in my life. Uh, so here it is. Um, if you know anything about the history of lighthouses uh, in the U.S., um, lighthouses uh, were commissioned in the early United States to make sure that um, the Great Lakes were accessible to trade routes. And the big fear, of course, without sophisticated navigation systems is running into the shore, right? And so uh, lighthouses were, were commissioned to be built uh, to avoid uh, ships uh, crashing into shore. And the, the Marblehead Lighthouse is the oldest operating lighthouse on the Great Lakes. And it was built in uh, 1822. So it's this June, uh, we, my parents hated it, but it was the 200th anniversary of the lighthouse, which meant the traffic right around our house was, was terrible, right? But it was the 200th anniversary. So it was commissioned after the Battle of the Great Lakes with Oliver Hazard Perry been to Put Bay, you know this story. Never give up the ship, right? This whole and and so after uh, the War of eighteen twelve and that victory, this uh, lighthouse was commissioned uh, to light up that shoreline as you turn that peninsula to avoid uh, ships crashing. So I, I want to reflect briefly today on, um, I guess, three ways that we could see Christ. Um, as our lighthouse and also how we're called to be lighthouses uh, for others. Right? The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. 
the first thing, the first characteristic of a lighthouse is that it, it shows a general path, but not a specific path, right? To see the light of a lighthouse in the dark as a ship does not give you an exact way to go. It just tells you, don't come close to me. You know, it, it gives you a, a general direction, right? Stay away from, from this light. But it does not give you an exact path like a GPS system does. A GPS system says, you know, go this direction, right? But a lighthouse just gives you a general path. I love this image for Christ, right? Because my guess is if you've ever prayed to Jesus, Lord, show me exactly what to do here. My guess is you've generally gotten crickets back, right? In other words, like oftentimes the light of Christ is precisely a general directional compass. He gives us enough to guide our path, but I would argue he actually wants us to use the internal and external lights that he already has given us. He wants to, us to use our internal navigation system, the light of our reason, the light of our heart, the light of our conscience. He wants us to use external lights, like the guidance and the light that other people give us, the wisdom of, of other teachers, and things of that nature who help to guide us on the journey. That he doesn't completely script the path. He wants us to navigate. He gives us enough to guide that in terms of a light. But he wants us to navigate. I have this weird uh, custom. Whenever I move to a new place, um, I, I refuse to use the Jeep, my Google Maps for like the first six months. So like I'll look up the directions, I see the general area, and then I wing it, which means I'm late for a lot of things uh, the first six months. But I, I have this weird thing that I want to learn like all the alternative routes to places. Because a lot of young people, they couldn't get from like here to campus without a Google Maps telling them where to go. You know, they, they can only drive where their the Google Map tells them to go. But I want to know, like, now that C-Core's out for about the next five years, I want to know what are the, how, what 20 different ways can I get from, from here to Bancroft, you know? Right? I love the idea of, of trying to figure that out, right? And I think there's something about the lighthouse image that gives us that with our spiritual life. He wants us to use the internal and external lights that he's given us. He gives us a general sense, but he often doesn't script every contour of the journey. If he did, it would be less free, you might argue. Right? So I, I love that image. And then if we're called to reflect the light of Christ to others, that means that we are supposed to direct and guide others with the subtlety of a lighthouse. Right? Have you ever tried to tell another person how they should act in every manner at all times? It doesn't go so well. Right? Like you say, this is what you need to do. Here, 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 here. No, no, no. Generally, when we give counsel, when we give advice, we have to act like a lighthouse. You say, I'm seeing these general trends. 
right? I'm seeing, I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing if you go this way, maybe you might run into the shore. You know, so you might have to, here's some, some guideposts, right? That's often how, at least how I approach counsel or direction, right? You don't point out exactly what somebody needs to do. They, they usually bristle at such things. They, wanted, they want you to be a light, but as a lighthouse, not as a GPS, because ultimately they have to make those decisions for themselves. So that's the first thing. The second is the sole purpose of a lighthouse is to help you to avoid crashing into the shore. And so there is a negative just dimension to a lighthouse. A lighthouse really only exists so you don't crash your boat into the shore. And there is an element of Christianity, of Jesus as the light of the world, which is precisely that. And I think we see this a little bit in the, in the gospel today. He comes on the scene and his first words are, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. That's his first words. Here's where you avoid the shores. If you do these things, you're going to crash. You're going to self-destruct. Your ship's not going to make it to its destination. So there is an element to, to Christ being our light, which has an element of, I, again, I'm going to give you some general parameters, but there are, certain, there are things where you might result in leading yourself down a path to misery and destruction. So avoid the shore. I'm going to give you lights to help you to avoid the shore. One of the ways that we often crash is by crashing into each other. Right? This is what Paul is talking about in, uh, in Corinthians. The Corinthians are they're, they're, they're setting themselves up in these rivalries and divisions. I love this passage, right? Because it's like, who are Chloe's people? Right? There, there were rumor mills even in the first century Christian church. Right? We shouldn't feel so crazy today. Like there, like there were rumor mills. Like Chloe's people are talking, right? And they're, they're, they hear, Paul hears some of this. And some people are identifying their faith with, with him. Some are identifying their faith with Apollos. Some with Peter, right? And he says, aren't we all followers of Jesus? Why are these divisions causing you to identify your faith with other messengers of the gospel, right? And so one of the elements that we can crash into the shore is to think that we have a monopoly on expressions of God is to overshadow everyone else's light with our light. And it's like, no, there are lots of lights. Right? And Christ being the foundational light. And so that, that call to, to, um, to identify with Christ, the light of the world, not with the individual reflections of it. Right, I think is a constant challenge. It's one of my foundational principles of campus ministry. Um, you know, I wrote in the State of the Parish letter that I have a vision of campus ministry, and people wrote me and asked me what the heck that is. Well, one of, one of those principles is that I think we do a disservice to college students if we tell them that this place is going to be different than where they go when they leave. That these four years are supposed to be so different than what you came from and where you'll go. Right? Because to me, that sets up 
a real disservice for them when they leave and have to practice their faith from 22 until they die, hopefully, in their hundreds. Right? It's like, no, no, no. How do we prepare them to have a mature faith that doesn't identify their faith with Corpus Christi? And this expression of faith. So that when they move and they go to another parish, they feel very at home there. To integrate into the parish that they have to spend the rest of their lives in. Right? That if they say, oh, I'm a Corpus Christi, like I was, I'm a Corpus Christi Catholic. Right? That's a disservice in my view to the students. Because they got to spend the rest of their life integrating their faith. And I see that ha that was happening in the first Corinthian community. They were like, I only follow Paul's teachings. Right? I follow Apollos's. I follow Peter's. He says, is Christ divided like that? Like Christ is united. So one of the ways that we crash into the shore is by trying to monopolize the light and making our light overshadow the various ways that God wants to manifest and express his brilliance. Final thing about a lighthouse is once you're oriented to its light, you can't unsee it. And everything else you see in light of it. So just to use an example, I, you know, I grew up there, and so that lighthouse is like a fixture. So I could be anywhere on the Sandusky Bay, uh, and I'm looking for that light. If I'm at Kelly's Island, at a bar, I'm looking for the light. I could be out walleye fishing, perch fishing, I'm looking for that light. I could be at the top of Millennium Force, and I have been at night, and I'm looking for that light. I could be at Vermilion in Huron, right? I could be on Johnson's Island, Bay Point, right? I don't know if you know any of these places, right? I'm looking for that light. It's become like, now part of, the, part of it's because I live next to it, and so I kind of like to see my house and stuff. But it's like that, I can't unsee that light. Everything now in that whole area has, is in reference to that light. Right? It's kind of like in the first reading, Isaiah says, uh, the people of Zebulun and Naphtali who live in darkness, they're going to come across this light and it's going to be like unseeable. Like you, they won't be able to unsee it. Right? And so that's, to me, an invitation that once we live from a perspective as Christ as the light, right? It, sh it changes how we see everything else. Everything, oh, I see the radiance of Christ here now. Yeah, because Christ is the light. Oh, I see Christ's illuminating power over here now because Christ is the light of the world. And yeah, now I see it over here in light of that. Oh, now I see his brilliance and his radiance operating here. Because Christ is the light. It's, it's like me looking out on the Sandusky Bay and always zeroing back in on the lighthouse. So friends, I think those are really good, um, uh, I don't know, characteristics of life with Christ as the light of the world. And also good for us because we're supposed to be uh, lighthouses, right? We're supposed to reflect the love of Christ to those around us. And so I love that brick. 
The mission of this lighthouse is the same as ours. To shine the light of Christ to those who need it. Let's strive to attach ourselves more firmly to the one who is the original lighthouse, the light of the world, and seek to be lighthouses in our own lives.